Hi, I'm Dr. Kirsten Lauritsen. I'm a personal functional medicine practitioner for high performers and professional athletes. And I've worked with athletes in many different sports from the US sailing team to endurance sports and triathlon, CrossFit and professional tennis players across the board in any sport. Maintaining a foundation of a healthy body and mind is crucial for long-term success. This is the podcast that will show you how to apply the principles of a healthy body and mindset to achieve high performance all from the inside out. This is the Fit and Healthy Athlete Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Fit and Healthy Athlete Podcast and YouTube channel. I am Dr. K, Dr. Kirsten Lordson. I'm a functional medicine practitioner and a performance mindset coach, and I help athletes and high performers be able to get over whatever it is that's holding them back, keeping them stuck and really continuing that frustration cycle just over and over and over again, getting the same thing repeated over and over again of like, why can't I get there? Like if they can do it, I could do it. But like, why is that not happening for me? And I'm doing all these things. Uh, If that is you, um, I work with athletes and people go from feeling fit and fatigued to feeling fit and healthy and being able to break through whatever it is that's holding them back from being able to accomplish those goals. So In today's episode, we are doing part two of five reasons why athletes don't tend to recover well. So if that is something that you have been dealing with and you want to dive into the solutions and how to execute on those, that's what we're covering today. So really, this is all about how to recover like an elite athlete and what that looks like. And how do we take some of those things that we talked about, those five reasons from that previous episode, and how do we start to execute and really apply these to our life? So if you're not sure why you need to recover as an athlete, also go back to that previous episode and then that'll give you some background as far as why we need to do that. So now let's jump into the those five reasons. So number one, and how to execute these and, and really put these into play. So with protein and protein intake being the first reason why people have a tendency to not recover well, you know, there's a couple of things that you've probably heard that, or if you haven't, here's, here's a couple of things you definitely want to make sure of. Number one is obviously protein intake throughout the day is really important. We don't want to under consume Uh, We don't want to undereat, and we also don't want to get into energy deficits. Those energy deficits can have a significant impact on our mitochondria, which are inside each and every cell, and they're part of what helps you to delay fatigue. They're part of what helps you to have a very, you know, a good functioning metabolism. They do all sorts of things for your body, and we want to make sure that we're really taking good care of them, and they do need a good amount of protein in order to do that job well. And then also those energy deficits are where athletes can get into trouble because if you are not eating enough food and not getting in enough of those calorie requirements, then that's also an area where we can start to see some injuries, you know, stress fractures and other things start to happen just because there is an imbalance in the nutrients and the calories and and all of that that's coming in versus the output. The other piece of this too, and I think one of the most helpful tips that seems to work really well for people is getting in that protein within that 30 minutes of finishing up a workout. You're going to hear a wide variety of different things in uh, research and from different experts and practitioners 
There's lots of studies, though, that have actually shown and, and really does look at, you know, what are we doing in that 30 minutes post-exercise? And especially taking a mindset for female athletes, uh, one of the things that happens within that 30 minutes is wanting to start to stimulate that muscle recovery. And one of the ways that we can do that is by increasing a certain type of amino acid called leucine. And leucine, uh, when you get it in enough quantity, it will start to, to start to trigger that recovery process. So for everyone, we usually the, the limits of where we want to look at is somewhere between th is around 30 grams of protein within 30 minutes of exercise and finishing up your, your exercise routine. That can be in whole food, that could be in a shake form, just if it's going to be in a shake form, whether that's vegan or uh, whey protein or something else, it's just making sure that that's really, really top, really good quality and that we're putting that good quality into the body because we're putting all this effort into it. We might as well also make sure we're doing that with our food and things that are going in there as well. So those are a couple of things to think about if that's something that you are not doing is making sure that you take a look at what's your daily protein intake look like and is that enough? And also, are you getting in that pre and post-workout nutrition to maximize your recovery? So the next thing is, the next reason we talked about was micronutrient deficiencies. This one has a really... Uh, important caveat that many people miss because many supplement companies are flooded with all sorts of vitamins and minerals. And there's several very well done research articles that have shown that if you have antioxidants coming in via supplements, supplement sources, so vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin E, all coming in from supplements versus food, if you're taking that at the time where you are really training hard, you're in season and you're really working to get those adaptations to exercise, that vitamin C and all of those antioxidants that are coming in in supplemental form can actually reduce your response to that training and, and reduce your adaptation to that exercise. So that is a time where you do really want to be careful. Now you can take supplements in the off season to help build those levels back up, especially if the, the year of competition season has left you a bit drained in micronutrients. This is just one way though, that you can do that in the off season, make sure you're headed into that in season with adequate levels and you can, you can work and use food as your method for getting a lot of those things in. There are, of course, different caveats to that, depending on how stressful your season is and what type of athlete and in what sport you're in. There's always going to be exceptions to the rule. However, if that is something that you are noticing is that you're not recovering very well and you're also not really seeing those those adaptations, you're not seeing the improvements in your workouts, there could be some things like this that are going on that may be holding you back. Now, that all being said, if you aren't recovering well, and we do have micronutrient deficiencies, again, remember there's caveats, this is all very, very specific to the person, but this is just sort of like a general overview for you to kind of get an idea of whether or not this might be something that you need to look into a little bit further. So you can get micronutrient panels, you can get testing done that then helps you to be able to see, do I need more vitamin D? Do I need more magnesium? Do I need more B vitamins? Do I need more antioxidants to be able to help my muscles and my mitochondria and all of these you know, things, you know, manage the stress that's on my system a little bit better. 
the the tests you can run here and you know ways you can execute there's there's lots of different companies now that are starting to incorporate different types of testing for athletes you can see inflammation levels and all of that you can also, you know, see uh, potentially somebody like me that is a functional medicine practitioner that works with athletes and we have specific functional testing that can help you to really get a very good look, a detailed look at what's going on inside of your body. So another thing here too is gut health. And I mentioned this also in the previous episode. Um, so if you didn't catch that, go back and, and listen to that. Mm -hmm. The gut is a big way that, you know, it affects our absorption of all these different types of nutrients. It also affects inflammation and the immune system in our body. And on top of that, the different types of bacteria that exist and live inside of the body can also have an impact on what is the outward expression. So I mentioned in the previous one, bifidobacterium brevet can have a big impact on reducing inflammation during and post-exercise. So there's, there's a lot of reasons why we want to evaluate for different what's going on in that environment of the GI tract and how you do this and how you apply that is by getting probably a GI panel to see what's going on. You know, for my athletes that I work with, I try and I like to run a micronutrient panel and a GI panel. It's just like a standard across the board because it gives me a very good idea of the two big major like areas that can have a significant impact on what's going on functionally within the body. This is how we optimize performance. This is how we optimize your health so that you go from experiencing any of these chronic symptoms, fatigue, any of that aches, breaking body, breaking down joint pain, you know, any number of those things feeling fit, but fatigued to really going to feeling really fit and healthy. So you can also, in many cases, order some of those GI panels for yourself. I just would give a word of caution to be careful as far as what types of tests, because some of them are better than others. The other thing I mentioned as well is hydration. So really making sure that you're staying up on your hydration and then also not getting out of balance as far as your electrolytes go. Mm, balance between the two is pretty important. And so exploring that a little bit more can be effective for figuring out if you are kind of chronically dehydrated or if you're flushing out a lot of your electrolytes, which is then preventing you from really being able to absorb and utilize that hydration appropriately. So definitely make sure that, you know, if you are somebody that's chronically dehydrated, it could be that you are drinking enough water, but you're not getting enough balance as far as um, a little bit of sugar and a little bit of salt that helps to actually bring that water into those cells. And also it could be that there's an imbalance with sodium, potassium, and some of the other electrolytes too. So definitely something to think about if that's, that's one thing you've been noticing. Okay. The, the fourth one is scheduling that rest and recovery time. I mentioned a couple of options and solutions in the previous one, but sleep quantity over quality is really important here. So you can use your whoop data. You can use aura rings. You can use uh, apps on your phone, Fitbits, all of those things can help to see how many hours you're sleeping as well as the quality of that sleep time. It's going to be a big thing to optimize if you are, you know, as far as your recovery goes in optimizing recovery, but also making sure that you are 
managing that load and that stress well. So this is also where we start to look at heart rate variability and resting heart rate, really being able to make sure that that nervous system is accommodating and adapting and it's managing that stress load really well. Uh, so these are, again, a couple of other ways you can start to effectively execute these things that we're recommending here for recovery is just by getting a tool that then can help you see how your nervous system and your body is responding to the training and the training load that you're putting on it. And then number five is the beliefs. We talked a lot in the last, or I talked a bit more about this section than all the rest of them, but when it comes to the beliefs that are behind us being able to put these habits into place of the nutrition and the protein and the recovery and sleep and all of those things, those are all great. But if you've done all of those things before, but then fallen off the wagon, where do you think that might be coming from? It's probably coming from a belief in some way, shape or form. I, I do hear this all the time in my, you know, direct messages on social media. I hear this from athletes that I work with. It's just this like anxiety and this fear behind recovering and behind taking that rest that they need in order to allow their body to adapt. It just seems to come from these places of like not doing enough or just other athletes doing more than they are. And therefore now their outcomes are going to be worse or, uh, you know, not necessarily allowing themselves to like really push their body to reach their potential. But part of pushing your body to reach that potential requires you to also be able to rest and recover. And, you know, I think this also sometimes comes into play when we're looking at injuries as well. You know, if we're looking at athletes that need to take the time off to like rest and recover, it can be really scary to take that time because it can seem like all of that time that we just spent training is just going to go by the wayside. And I know what this is like. So in the next episode, what we're going to talk about is my story and also a few athlete stories as how they overcame a lot of these things we talked about today. These were these reasons why athletes tend to not recover very well. And you're going to hear some stories behind not only the experience that I had, and then also an experience that an athlete had when we dug into all of these things and the outcomes uh, from that. So stick around, make sure to subscribe so you can get that episode. But, you know, leaving this episode today, you have many different areas that if you just chose one and said, okay, I'm going to put this into play and I'm going to execute this today, that would have a significant impact on changing your recovery. So I hope that this was super helpful. Please share it with someone if you did find it very helpful. It helps us get this out to as many people as possible. And it also helps me in my mission of helping athletes have healthier mindsets and healthier bodies and better functioning bodies that really helps them to achieve the performance that they were meant to. So take care. See you in the next episode. And again, I really appreciate you being here. It means a lot. And um, if there's anything that you found helpful in this episode, reach out and let me know. I love to hear from you. So see you next time. Hey, did you know that up to 70% of athletes may be deficient in at least one micronutrient, if not potentially deficient in two or more? Micronutrient deficiencies like vitamin D, iron, calcium, vitamin E, B12, B9 are super common in athletes. And they can lead to things like fatigue, they can lead to injuries and fractures, getting sick a lot and missing practice to unexplained pain and a lot more. On the flip side though, Athletes who corrected nutrient deficiencies saw improvements in VO2 max, 
vertical jump, grip strength, force, improved delayed onset muscle soreness, and a lot more. That's why I created the Strong to the Finish Line free guide for athletes like you to be able to train and compete symptom-free so that you can have the confidence and the power to perform at your best. Get this guide for free at drkirsten.com slash finishstrong.